brought to you by CGTN Europe. I'm Stephen Cole. Welcome to the Agenda podcast. In an attempt to avoid filing for bankruptcy, airlines are practically racing to make sure their planes are pandemic-proof. Today on the Agenda podcast, we'll be finding out how airlines will function in a post-COVID-19 age. Our first guest is Toppy Manor, the CEO of Finnish airline Finnair. I asked him how his airline is charting a course through one of the most turbulent periods in the history of the industry. And you describe this pandemic as the biggest crisis in the history of aviation. Only the fittest will survive. Uh, are you going to survive? Yes, yes, we will. And this is indeed the biggest peacetime crisis in the 100-year history of commercial aviation. It's uh, almost like putting SARS, the bird influenza, uh, 9-11 and financial crisis together. And if we look at, for example, Finnair, you know, we, as so many other airlines in the world, have been forced to ground almost our entire fleet during the past weeks. Um, our April passenger numbers uh, dropped with 99% from the April last year. But what we are currently seeing is that uh, countries, especially in Europe, they are gradually lifting uh, their lockdown measures and reopening their societies. And therefore, we start to see green shoots in terms of demand. And from beginning of July onwards, uh, we are coming back to a more meaningful level of flying. We will be flying something like uh, 30% of our normal level of flights during July. Okay, so when you start flying again, uh, what changes will you have had to make to make sure you stay flying and you're, you're able to take off successfully? We are doing a range of measures to take care of the health and uh, safety of our passengers. We are, for example, doing uh, social distancing at the airport. Uh, perhaps the most visible element is that we ask our customers to use facial masks uh, during the uh, flights. We uh, limit the movement on board uh, the aircraft by, for example, boarding the aircraft from the rear. Um, and we are also adjusting and amending our onboard service to minimize the personal contact between our cabin crew and, uh, and uh, the customers. So these are examples of the measures that uh, we, are, we are doing in order to enable our um, customers to fly with confidence. You say uh, passengers will be wearing masks on board. What about air conditioning? Well, the air conditioning, as you rightly point out, I mean, it's a very important health factor on board an aircraft. I mean, we are using the so-called HEPA filters, high-efficiency uh, particulate air filters uh, that effectively change the air of an aircraft every three minutes. And uh, this actually makes the quality of the air uh, and the filtering of the air to resemble the quality that hospitals would be having in their operations theaters. Um, and uh, viruses, including coronavirus, are basically filtered by these high-quality filters. And, uh, and that, that makes um, an aircraft 
pretty similar environment uh, um, in terms of virus transmission than, for example, on an office space would be or a shopping mall, potentially. Financially, you've obviously taken a big hit because, as you say, most of your fleet uh, is grounded. Are you getting state support? And I know many other airlines around the world are being uh, supported by, the, by state funding. And I wondered whether that gave your kind of airline, that kind of airline, an unfair advantage over the completely private operators. We entered uh, this uh, crisis in a uh, strong financial standing. Uh, we had strong cash reserves. Our cash to sales ratio uh, was among the highest of European airlines. Uh, we had a healthy balance sheet. But for sure, we are taking a sizable financial hit as basically all other airlines in the world are doing. We have one strength, and that strength is that we are a stock-listed company, uh, but our majority is owned by the government of Finland. And with that strong financial backing, uh, we are able to get out of the crisis in a solid form and also take advantage of the opportunities that this uh, crisis um, might enable. Earlier you were talking about opportunities. Uh, come yes. a crisis comes an opportunity. Will this be an opportunity for you to put up your prices? Well, it, I mean, it remains to be seen what happens in terms of uh, prices on, on the market. And what we are seeing is that um, many airlines are adjusting capacity downwards. And I think that there will be true... Uh, capacity adjustment on the market in a sense that there will be aircraft types that uh, that uh, effectively will go out from the market. Um, I mean, we are seeing uh, some airlines letting go of Airbus 380s, uh, you know, uh, some are letting go of the old Boeing 747s and, and so forth. So, True capacity adjustment is is taking uh, place. Many many airlines are deferring their aircraft orders, um, so that that's one part of the equation. But obviously, the other part of the equation is the demand, and the question is that how quickly the demand will come back. And in addition to customer confidence, the lift of travel restrictions obviously uh, will play a big role in uh, this. So I think that the jury is out in terms of the pricing levels um, uh, when it comes to uh, flying. You are going to be positive about Finnair because you're the chief executive. Um, but what about That's generally right. across the industry, across the aviation industry? Are there any reasons to be positive or cheerful looking forward? Well, I, I think that you know, the next couple of years in aviation are going to be challenging. Um, our estimate is that the passenger numbers will come back to 2019 levels in two to three years. Um, and that is, you know, pretty much in line with the estimate of IATA. Um, but after that, uh, I believe that aviation will come back to growth and over the long term, aviation will be a growth industry. But the growth rates of aviation uh, most likely will be more moderated than it used to be in the past during the high growth years. 
Air transport consultant John Strickland has over 30 years' experience working in the aviation industry. He says the airlines have no choice but to rethink their business models if they want to stay relevant in a post-COVID-19 world. Uh, John, you've been a transport consultant for a long time, more than 30 years. What's your advice? How is the industry going to get back on its feet? There's just so many challenges for this particular uh, COVID-19 virus uh, pandemic, uh, far more than I've seen for any other challenge previously in my time in the industry, because it's so all-embracing. It's a, it's a global uh, impact on air travel and indeed on humanity. And of course, the immediate requirement is that we see borders open, we see quarantine restrictions lifted. Indeed, some countries such as the UK are just in the process of going into that type of restriction. Beyond that, we have the question of customer confidence, the big topic of uh, social distancing, not simply on aircraft, but in terms of how it's going to affect our lives. And with a recession around the corner as well, then with people not having money in their pockets to fly, uh, be that for leisure or business, I think the challenges are going to be running ahead for years rather than months and are going to involve many things being put right or modified to what you could say would be a new normal to see any level of recovery for the industry. The airlines are going to have to react pretty fast, as, as are the airports as well. Uh, in terms of social distancing. But will all the airlines have to reconfigure or redesign their planes? It simply doesn't make sense to make actual changes to the configuration of aircraft in terms of the numbers of seats or even to leave seats empty. We've heard a lot of talk about leaving the middle seat free, but that, number one, doesn't actually give you uh, enough distance based on the, the two metres that uh, is talked about with fellow passengers, uh, neither by your side nor indeed if you think of passengers in front or behind. And in any case, it, it, it simply destroys the economics of airline operations. To actually achieve a real physical distance uh, uh, on a plane would actually mean airlines running little more than about 20 or 30 percent full. And of course, that again is not uh, economically viable. So anything that is done about this uh, issue uh, has to be done on the ground. Uh, yes, passengers can wear masks, and indeed most airlines are now asking passengers and their crew to wear masks on board. They are making changes to service routines in terms of uh, meals or onboard purchases, which are certainly scaled down at the present time. But we need to look at processes at airports for testing people, or preferably even before people get to the airports, because Anything in the airport itself reduces capacity. If we have to queue with more distance, given that airports are, are known for pressure points of queuing up, such as security search, such as baggage collection, or of course, boarding at the gate, that simply means you lose capacity at airports. And many airports have talked about losing 20 to 40 percent of available capacity. Dublin Airport has been quoted as saying they would lose 70 percent of the capacity. Now, if that happens, of course, you don't have the ability to resource the normal passenger volumes of a number of flights we have had prior to this crisis. Travelling by plane uh, is not as uh, wonderful as it used to be 20, 30 years ago, mainly because of security checks uh, and other reasons, just the, the basic numbers uh, travelling in the air. So how are you going to persuade passengers to get into planes again? Uh, will it be low fares or will the fares have to go up 
to pay for the hiatus? Well, definitely in the short term, we're going to see prices go down. We've already heard uh, leaders of uh, low-cost airlines here in Europe, such as the chief executive of Ryanair, Michael O'Leary, talking about the mother of all fare wars. Another large European low-cost airline, Wizz, has said they will offer exceptionally low fares because in the past it's been proven that offering low fares does kind of kickstart the market for people traveling again. But there's also the softer element of building people's confidence by ensuring people feel that uh, they are in a safe environment by encouraging customers to wear masks, by sanitization and cleansing measures for aircraft. But those themselves can bring extra complexity. And if we have to also use technology to try to overcome the, the pressure points of uh, testing or whatever is required uh, for this uh, uh, virus when people are traveling, over the medium term, we could actually see price, uh, prices moving upward because if uh, airlines, for example, are not able to fly their planes as intensely because more time is needed between uh, operating services to do uh, cleaning and so on, uh, or, or if uh, they have to uh, bring in technology for airlines or airports to, to smooth the process, all of that costs money. And of course, airlines are going to fail in this process. So if there's, if there's less capacity in the future in certain markets, there could be a, a new normal in the pricing arena as well with rather higher prices. Are there opportunities here, John, for the airline industry, a, a chance to pause and perhaps rethink the whole business model? I think actually there'll be no choice for airlines in rethinking the business model because there's going to be so much change, uh, whether it is a question of passenger confidence, uh, the prices at which people are willing to travel, the impact of recession on demand, and particularly for those airlines who rely on strong business traffic, especially business customers traveling in more expensive business class seats. If they don't return, and there's certainly enormous doubt about how many will, because some companies, of course, are going to fail in many sectors of the economy. Others have already introduced travel bans or become used to using online conferencing. That will dent the revenues of a number of airlines. And the whole business process uh, by which airlines operate will have to be changed, looking for, for example, more flexibility in ways of working, more nimbleness at adding and changing routes and capacity uh, as we go forward, the, the emphasis on different kinds of aircraft. And I think we'll see also f uh, further consolidation in the industry, particularly in Europe, where airlines will disappear or maybe be bought up by other carriers. Low-cost carriers are certainly going to strengthen their position, but at the moment it's not clear what will happen with the, the rest of the industry. And that brings us to the end of another edition of The Agenda. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. You can also find us on CGTN Europe, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. The most interesting questions. Are there other living beings beyond Earth? Will man or machine be in charge? Great question. Always have more than one answer. Well, hold on, uh, let me just draw up a list. And always come from more than one person. That's where the credibility lies. The concept of having a machinery which is alive and evolving didn't wait for us. The end of inequality of incomes and wealth around the world, can you imagine how difficult that is at the moment to achieve? Every episode, Stephen Cole, Murray Beveridge, and some of the brightest minds out there shed light on the answers to some of the most intriguing questions. There are two ways of looking at this. Machines can't really discriminate between civilian and military targets. The Answers Project. 
maybe we need to just look at this in a bit more detail. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. The Answers Project, the new podcast from CGTN Europe.